Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the Nuts About Pucks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Zanani, also known as at HockeyNewsIG on Instagram. And in today's episode, we are previewing the upcoming NHL season with Eric Gopisingh of Talking Hockey. Eric's a great guy. It's always a pleasure having him on the show. And he's the owner of one of the fastest growing hockey accounts on Instagram, at Talking Hockey. If you don't follow them already, I highly recommend you do because they post some great content on there. And in this episode, we're going to go over each of the four new divisions for this NHL season, the Central, East, West, and North divisions. And we're going to rank all those teams in those divisions from best to worst and see who's going to make the playoffs or not. And we also have one bold prediction for each team. Overall, it was a really great podcast. There's some great hockey talk, and I'm excited to see what you guys think of it. So without further ado, let's get right into the podcast. All right, well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ready? Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to um, go over each division. So North Division first, then West Division, then Central Division, then East Division. And we're going to go from uh, our first ranked team to our last ranked team um, and say a bold prediction for each team. So let's um, start with me. So I'll do the for my first team in the North Division. And that is going to be the Calgary Flames. Oh, okay. Um, so you did have a hot take. Yeah, okay. starting, starting off with a hot take. <laughs> Um, right. I just really like the moves that Calgary made in the offseason. Um, you know, getting Markstrom, um, Tanev. Uh, and I just think they have a good core. Um, like, they have a really good top six. It's like Goudreau, Monaghan, Kachuk, Lindholm. Um, there's a lot of, like, really uh, underrated players, too, like Mangiapane. Is that how you say his name? Uh, I've heard it said, like, multiple ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard but... Mangiapane, but I've heard Mangiapane. I've heard, yeah. Yeah. Either way, but, whatever. People know like, what you're talking about. Yeah, he did really well last year. I think Markstrom's a, a huge upgrade in that. Like I'm living in Vancouver, so I watch the Canucks all the time, and he was just amazing all last season and the seasons before. He's just been great. He's actually quite underrated. So I think he'll be like his goaltending is a huge part of how teams do in hockey, and I think that um, with Calgary having such a better goalie, that they'll do a lot better. Yeah. No, I, I honestly I don't think it's that much of a hot take. Because we've already seen Calgary, not last season, but the season before, get hot and go on a run. And I think they won the West that year, if I'm not mistaken, or at least won their division. Um, yeah. So, like, they've gone on runs before, and that was with way worse goaltending than Markstrom. So, I mean, they I think they lost a lot as well. Like, they lost one of, you know, their second-best defensemen, which I don't think they replaced with Tanev. But the Markstrom upgrade is kind of huge. And then a bounce back from Lindholm, a bounce back from uh, Johnny Hockey, about maybe a bounce back from Monaghan and then Manjipani and du- Dylan Dubé breaking out. Mm-hmm. I think there's a potential there. And then uh, uh, Rasmus Anderson and Yusuf Valamaki stepping up into top four, top four guys officially. I like, the, like, there's a lot to like about the team as well. I think on like the uh, back end, Oh, oh yeah, sorry. sorry. So I just want to say one more little bit about Calgary. But I think just like the young guys on the back end are going to really step up this season. That's kind of like my bold prediction. Not that bold, but mm-hmm. I think like Rasmus Anderson, uh, Yusuf Valimaki, and like Oliver Kylington are all, are all going to take big steps forward. And they're kind of mm-hmm. going to replace like what was left um, when TJ Brody left and some other guys. Um, like Giordano is probably going to slow down a little bit, but the young guys are going to pick it up. Yeah, so I had Calgary second in mind. Mm-hmm. So, fir- so first in the north. 
I have Toronto. I just think it's the obvious pick, I would say. Like, I think, you know, you look at any prediction, any models, basically they all have Toronto first, and it's because they upgraded what they need to upgrade, and they, you know, they shedded some depth forwards, um, Janssen, Kapanen, which will hurt them a little bit up front. But they replaced them with guys like Joe Thornton came came in. They got they acquired a bunch of guys like Jimmy Vesey. They have that Alex Barbanov kid to compete for bottom six minutes. Um, and then on the back end, they brought in TJ Brody, which is huge top pairing defenseman right beside Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley's played with Cody Cece and Ron Hainsey for the last like three years. So you know, we'll see what he can do with an actual top pairing defenseman. I think this, it'll think, I think that's interesting. You know, their top four, Muzzin, Riley, Brody, and maybe Dermot or maybe Justin Hawley. That's a solid top four, one of the better ones in the league, finally, for once. And then Frederick Anderson uh, rebounding into a top goalie with good backup and uh, Jack Campbell. My hot take for Toronto was, or I guess my bold prediction which I don't think is really that bold, but Matthews wins the wins the um, the Rocket this year. I just I feel like it's his time. It's his season. Ovechkin Ovechkin's amazing, but you know, in a shorter season, young guy young guys might have a little bit more of an advantage in a tighter schedule. That's just my thoughts. But um, Toronto didn't lose anything in the top six, so he's still gonna have his elite line mates. So it seems like it's his time and. Uh, Pasternak's also out so that's his other top competition right there who's out for a month so it's Matthews to lose at this point and odd makers kind of say the same Mm -hmm. yeah I had Toronto number two so our top two is pretty much the same and my um hot take if you will for Toronto is that Nick Robertson will be like a mainstay in the top six uh by the end of the season because I just think like you look who's (laughs) yeah you just look who's ahead of him you know you got like Hyman uh, Mikhaev Kerfoot like they're good players but I think someone like Robertson, um, if he plays well, could overtake them by the end of the season. But um, it's yeah. probably. Uh, and my bold prediction for Calgary was uh, Johnny Hockey gets back to a hundred point pace. So whatever that is in a fifty six game schedule, like seventy points or something like that, close to. Um, that's my prediction for Calgary. All right. So team number three in the North Division, uh, I went with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I just got a real solid team there. Um, I love the way they play. And of course, like having a great goalie like Carey Price always helps. Um, in terms of a bold prediction, I just think that like Nick Suzuki like makes that number one center position like his own. I think he mm-hmm. just really like um, runs away with that because he he's, was really good all year. And he's definitely has some stuff to work on um, on both sides of the um, ice. But, you know, overall, he's a really good player. And I think that Josh Anderson will also uh, score more goals than he did last year. I don't more. know if that's a bold prediction with <laughs> one goal or whatever you scored. But uh, I actually, uh, I had Montreal third as well. So I think we both agreed there. But uh, my prediction for Montreal was Carey Price wins the uh, the Vezina this year. So I don't think, so I'm going to make a distinction here. I don't think he'll deserve the Vezina. I'm just saying I think he'll win the Vesna. So I think there's going to be a goalie or two goalies or three goalies that were better. But the narrative around Price is going to be he had this rested season. He came back. He did well in Montreal. Montreal has an improved team this year, and he's going to gonna have that narrative going into the Vesna season, and uh, he'll win it. So that's my prediction. For Nick Suzuki, I thought about Nick Suzuki, but 
I didn't like his offensive game last year. His defensive game was excellent. I think there's a lot to work on offensively. Um, he showed a little bit more in the playoffs, which I'd like to see next season. But I'm not sure if he's, you know, he's definitely not a first-line center yet. I'm not sure. I'm sure he will become a second-line center, and I'm sure he probably will be one next season. But, uh, yeah, I don't, see a, I don't see a lot of huge upside there. I just see, like, a quality, you know, solid number two center. Um, so that's – and then Montreal, I didn't like the Edmondson signing. I think that yeah. if they add him into the top four or the top six – they're taking out a better defenseman and adding in a worse one. I think that's a huge net negative. I'm a really just not a fan of Edmondson. He can't make a pass. He can't, he has no transition ability. He can't make plays under pressure. It's just constantly um, dumping the puck out. Doesn't join the rush very often. He's just not very valuable in any sense that I can think of other than clearing guys in front of the net, providing a physical presence, maybe some leadership or something like that. I don't like that for Montreal. Um, I don't like his game anyways from Montreal. And then Weber, another year older. Petrie, another year older. Um, yeah. But overall, third in the division, they're going to be competitive. I literally think the difference between, like, Montreal and Calgary could be one point. Like, the, it's very yeah. close. Yeah. Yeah, and one more thing I wanted to mention about uh, Montreal is uh, Jonathan Duran. It's going to be interesting to see if, like, he's just going to – like plateau at where he is or if he still has like some more to give offensively um so that's something we'll see this season yeah Juan's interesting too because if they you know if they're playing him with Nick Suzuki and Toffoli I think there's a lot more potential there for them to fit their game towards what Juan is good at which is his transition ability and you know getting a lot of puck touches Suzuki and Toffoli are good players but they're not very dynamic with the puck so I think adding that presence to the line and you know, giving him the puck more often, which is what he kind of has lacked the last couple of years. I think there's some breakout potential there. Okay, so number four in the North Division, I went with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, it was really like a um, a coin toss between them and Vancouver. Vancouver, like they showed a lot of promise last year, but they also lost a lot. And I think they're a little bit overrated heading heading into the season. And this is from coming from me who lives in Vancouver. I really <laughs> want to see them make the playoffs, but... I mean, you got McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same team. Um, you got Poole ERV back, who's not really like um, on the radar um, quite yet this year, but I think he's going to um, have a solid season, um, work his way into the top nine. Um, Kyle Yamamoto had a great season last year, and I think he's going to build on that. Um, probably not a point per game, but he's going to uh, make some solid con- contributions. And I mean, you just like look, if you look at them on paper, um, especially their offense, their defense, I'm going to get to in a minute and goaltending. That's another big question mark, but their offense on paper, I think will um, make some big steps this year. Um, and then Clefbaum, he's out for the season, which sucks. But I think some of the young guys like Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones are going to be ready to take on some load. And Tyson Berry um, will mm-hmm. be a huge boon on the power play, which is already number one, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I had Edmonton number four too, and it's and I had actually Vancouver just right above Ottawa for second last in the division. Uh, but just my prediction, my bold prediction for um, Edmonton is Tyson Berry sixty point pace. So whatever that is over fifty six game period, I don't know. Um, but sixty point pace for Tyson Berry, mainly off of a thirty power play point pace season. Um, so you know, whatever, probably like fifteen ish power play point or fifteen to twenty even strength points, and then 
another 15 to 20 to 25 on the power play potentially just because of how lethal it is. I don't think Clefbaum's a good power play option, but I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's what makes Edmonton's power play elite. I think it's McDavid and Dreisaitl kind of carrying that load. You toss in three other scrubs on that power play and it'll be one of the better ones in the league, I think. Um, so I think Tyson Bears succeeds there, but I don't like what Edmonton did this offseason. I think they brought in a lot of guys that are going to give them some offense and a lot of guys that are terrible defensively. Kyle Turris has been like a disaster for the last couple mm-hmm. of years defensively. Tyson Berry, his entire career, he's been a disaster defensively. Um, so you're already adding those two core pieces or not core pieces, but those additional pieces to your two core centers top two centers who have never or haven't shown any defensive ability in the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think, you know, if, if Edmonton's playing, you bet the over <laughs> and you expect a lot of goals, which should be fun. They should be really fun to watch, but I'm not sure how effective a team they're going to be if they lost to Chicago last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have them fourth. Yeah, I think just based off the strength of like McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they're probably as hungry as ever going to the season. I think if Koskinen is just an above, like a slightly above average goaltender, or even just average, uh, they'll get to the playoffs, but they'll probably be out in the first round. But just to be back in the playoffs would be good for Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, just making the playoffs, that's a success for them. I don't see a contender with their lineup at all, especially with Clefbaum out. That's a huge loss to their back end, but um, I definitely see a playoff berth for them. So let's talk about Vancouver for a little bit because I know you have them at six. I have them at five. Um, I mean, they're just like Patterson's great. Quinn Hughes is great, but I really question the depth of this team. Um, yeah, I just on- don't like anything on that team other than Patterson, Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, and Bezer, basically. That's all I like on that team. Um, I like Nate Schmidt, I guess. Nate Schmidt's going to be a good uh, addition to that second pairing, but mm-hmm. Tyler Myers is probably going to have a top four role this year. That's not going to look good. Um, Edler's another year older. I'm not exactly sure how much more he's got left there. He's declined pretty significantly over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at their, yeah, I like Horvat. He's a fine second line center ish, although he hasn't really been that great other than the playoffs last season where he lit it up. So maybe he continues that, but I don't like betting on guys that have a hot playoffs. Um, typically doesn't work out in your favor. Look at like Jacob Silverberg over the last you yeah. know, five, six years. Amazing playoffs almost every single year, almost point per game. And then back to the regular season, 40 point guy. So, yeah. Um, and then obviously Markstrom was the biggest loss for them this offseason by far. People are complaining about Tanev. I don't think that's a huge loss. But Markstrom was the sole reason they made the playoffs last year. Um, he was probably the third probably the third best goalie in the league last season. Vancouver gave up literally the most chances on the rush out of any team in the league. Um, so Detroit, Ottawa, they didn't even offer up as much on the rush as Vancouver did. So they're, they were a slow team outside of their top guys. And they didn't change that at all this offseason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting storylines in Vancouver. Um, one of them is that Braden Holby, is he going to go back to his prior form yeah. or are we going to see the Braden Holby that was last season that was um, almost mediocre? Uh, and then Demko, is he going to challenge Holby for that number one spot or is he going to like, is he going to continue? Because in those three games against Vegas, 
a really small sample size, but he just played incredible and just kind of showed. Yeah, he was amazing. Upside he had, yeah. Uh, and then one last bit on Vancouver. I think um, my bold prediction. I was kind of deciding between predicting that Best was going to get traded, just because I feel like that's something the Vancouver management <laughs> would do. Um, or that's funny. Jake that's Pertan. mine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's mine. Vancouver does something stupid and trades uh, Besser for someone like Dumba or another defenseman. That was my bold prediction, and I hope it doesn't happen because it would be awful, but I can see that happening. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. And I ended up, I don't know, I was 50-50 between that or Vertanen kind of had not a breakout, but just taking a step forward in terms of his offensive production. But I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that's going to happen. I want it to happen, but... Yeah. I don't think it will happen. I like, I just don't like, like, I like what I like some of her tenants tools. Like he's fast. He's, he can sometimes play physical. He's got like the, a lot of the physical capabilities of a good player, but like just his skating isn't there. No deception. Stick work is meh. He doesn't drive to the net as much as he probably should for a guy his size. I just see that there's like a lot of problems there. And, you know, he was drafted in 2014 now. So he's not, he, he's a couple years, he's more than a few years into his NHL career. Um, by the time guys are typically 22, 23, 24 years old, like that's, you know, they are what they are at that point for mo- most players. Um, big guys like Vertanen take a little longer, but I, I don't know. He's kind of an unknown at this point, but I don't see, mm-hmm. I don't see a top six role for him. Yeah. Really. Um, but above Vancouver, I had Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess you had them just right above Ottawa. I think yeah, Winnipeg can. Yeah, I think Winnipeg can surprise a little bit this year. I mean, I liked kind of what they did in this offseason. They signed Demello. They brought in Paul Statsny, who isn't the player he used to be, but he gels really well. He gelled really well in the playoffs mm-hmm. and the regular season with Line A and Ellers. Um, I'd like to see that line put together again. And they're, those, all those three guys play together really well because Stassi is a pure playmaker, very good in transition, good at moving the puck, but good at like finding people in open space. And Liney is good at getting in open space and getting a shot off quickly. So that duo right there works really well together. And then you have Ellers, flies with the puck super quick, gets, in, gets you into the zone right away, will get you some rush chances if he can, you know, drive to the net with the puck and then get past it the puck behind a line a to rip off shot like i feel like there's a lot of possibilities with that line so i like it um it's just their defense that's the question right and i think that's kind of the question for everyone i'm not sure about that depth but i like Demello. pionk had a really great season to my surprise josh morrissey if he can rebound a bit and then there's not much else there but uh Hinola had a really great uh world juniors maybe he can step in and play a couple minutes but i i just i have them right above vancouver and i think they could surprise because helly buck could have another amazing season mm-hmm. mark shifley i didn't even talk about mark shifley and blake wheeler and kyle connor yet right so yeah there's a they have some talent there yeah for me like winnipeg like their offense is is great obviously but the two questions i have are like can they defend and the locker room chemistry, especially with like line A's trade status and up in the air yeah. and all that stuff. And um, on defense, they have a lot of guys that could take a step forward. Like um, you look at Tucker Pullman, as uh, prospect that's mm-hmm. really grown for them. Um, Sammy Niku and Hainola are great offensively, but I don't know about how they are on the defensive side of the puck. But it's just going to be interesting to see um, who like 
uh, is Paul Maurice is still their coach, right? Yeah, Paul Maurice yeah. is still their coach, which I also question. I'm not sure how yeah. great of a coach he is at this point, which is why I have them fifth out of the seven. But yeah, I, I I'm I'm not like really convinced and sold on these. Like I do think the difference between Calgary and Vancouver could literally be like three points. Like there's oh, yeah. all these teams are so close in terms of talent. You just need one hot goalie and one bad goalie and they switch around. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just the only constants I have every time I look at it is Ottawa is clearly the worst team and Toronto is very clearly the best built team on paper at least. So mm-hmm. uh that's the north. And I guess my bold prediction for Winnipeg was uh Line a, line a 50 goal pace. Um, but and I don't think he gets traded, I think he finds some happiness in Winnipeg and stays. And then my bold prediction for Ottawa, uh, was Chabot goes back to you know dominating, he's going to be probably top 10 in points this year, this season. That's my bold prediction, right there. That was for really defense, similar. I'm sorry. That was really similar to my similar? prediction. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I said that Shabbat was just gonna like go crazy this season. Um, you know, Ottawa's an interesting. What they did this off season was kind of like almost remind me of like what Vancouver did a few years back, like bringing in some veterans. But they probably brought in some better ones than Vancouver did. They brought in like Roussel and like some random guys. Yeah, like Ottawa brought in Dadnov, which I liked. Yeah. I, Matt Murray isn't a veteran, but he's already won two cups, so he's he's got experience at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just I'm not sure how much I like what Ottawa did, and I'm not sure how much they really improved. I think they brought in like you know like they brought in guys like Good Branson, and I was looking at that like I don't know why you felt the need. I do I know their reasoning, but I it I think it's complete nonsense to bring in a guy like him. Um, I did like the Stepan. Um, I think, you know, bringing in a, a top nine center was good for them. Um, but other than that, like, there, there's not a lot there. That defense, Nikita Zaitsev, Good Branson, Brayden Coburn, like, that, those three guys are probably going to be in your top six or top mm-hmm. four. Yeah, that's and good. That's, <laughs> that's not good at all. Like, that's, that's a pairing that's going to control – 40% of the goals on the ice at any given on any given uh, in any given season. So that's not good. And then their forward group, there's going to be a lot of young guys that they're going to have to rely on to step up. Mm-hmm. And I'm skeptical on Stitzla breaking out on Logan Brown, breaking out Drake Batherson breaking out. Like maybe one of those guys will, but definitely not all of them. Yeah. I actually had another uh, bold prediction for Ottawa. I had two. So my second one, um, I still don't know how to correctly pronounce the name. Is it Stutzel? Uh, Stutzler. Stutzler. I think. I think okay. It's supposed to be. Um, whatever he is or his name is, he's really good at hockey, and I think he's gonna win the Calder <laughs> this year. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. is that's a that's a bold take because yeah. I think most people, you know, I posted the odds on our on our Instagram a couple of days ago or yesterday even, uh, and I think he was like tenth. Or ninth wow. or something like that. So he was behind like Lafreniere, um, yeah, which I can Kaprizov, Shesterkin, a bunch of guys. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a bull take for sure. Yeah. I like it. There's there's a lot of good rookies this year, um, but I just think that the opportunity he's going to get on Ottawa uh, with the lineup that they have right now is going to surpass a lot of rookies, except for the goalies. That could be interesting because Shesterkin and Sorokin are really good as well. 
Um, yeah, so like I, I, if I'm betting on a goalie to win the Calder, if I'm betting on a player to win the, the Calder, I'm betting on Shosturkin, I think. And yeah. I was going to mention that as a bold prediction when we got to yeah. uh, the Rangers, but early. <laughs> um. Okay, so which division are we doing next? The uh, uh, West. The West, okay. Yeah, let's do the West. Oh, yeah, so number one team uh, I had was the Colorado Avalanche. Just a yeah. really strong team all around. Uh, I mean, McKinnon's great. You could argue he's the best player in hockey right now. Just like their offense is, is great. You know, Tyson Yost is going to be an interesting uh, one because he hasn't met um, his potential or expectations for how he's going to play mm-hmm. in his first year in NHL at all. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can take a step forward. Uh, and then I really like the addition of Devin Taves. I think that's yeah. a great pickup. Love that addition. Yeah, I think he's going to do really, really well. Um, for Colorado, and it's going to be interesting to see um the minutes that Byram gets, um, and how he fits in. Yeah, I personally don't have him making the lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he'll end up playing in the AHL since there is no uh CHL season this year. Um, so they did adjust the rules and said that um. I think you. I think I saw this from you posting it, but um, they did adjust the rules so that AHL, uh, CHL prospects can play in the AHL this year. Um, yeah. I think that I don't see a place for him because I see their top six defensemen as very clearly McCarr, Tabes, uh, Eric Johnson, and Sam Gerrard, and then Ian Cole and Ryan Graves. Yeah. So it it just doesn't seem like there's a spot for him. He might be in the taxi squad might get a couple call-ups or something like that and get get to play in a few games from injury but i don't see him as a regular my predict my i guess my bold prediction for uh colorado is i saw that they're giving burakovsky a chance on the top line so i'm thinking 40 goal pace for burakovsky this year um off the back of playing with renton and, and uh mckinnon through at least a good part of the season yeah uh Burkowski wasn't like my prediction, but I also think that he's going to score around a point per game pace. So I agree with you on that, but uh, not sure how bold this is, but I'm having uh, McKinnon running the Art Ross. Um, and I don't think it's <laughs> going to be uh, too close. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that though. I, yeah, I guess do have my prediction being McDavid just takes it back and proves that he's the best player in the world, yeah. but that wouldn't I'm be too surprising. Argue, I'm not going to argue against McKinnon. <laughs> yeah. All right, so team number two in the West, um, that's going to be Vegas for me. Yeah, I think uh, we both have the same top three, right? Colorado, Vegas, and St. Louis. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like it's kind of the consistent top three. Yeah. Those are yeah. easily the three best teams, and from there, it can get a little bit murkier. Yeah, then you can start arguing about San Jose versus Anaheim versus Mini versus... Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Vegas, you know, I don't know if i really like what like obviously petrangelo was a great addition but they gave up like schmidt who i think was um a really great part of their defensive core and uh, i just didn't like what they did in terms of like showing their lack of loyalty towards the players um mainly in the schmidt trade and um statsny as well um and i think that could have the potential for like problems down the road but right now they're okay but the goaltending on this team is spectacular. Like Leonard and Fleury, that's probably like the best goalie tandem. Um, they have just a great, a hungry, really good team. You know, Mark Stone's like unbelievable, one of the best wingers in the NHL. Pacioretty looks really good. Um, mm-hmm. Just they're deep 
and then that back end looks great as well. Um, especially that top two of Petrangelo and Cedar. I think Cedar slept on. He's gonna just have a bomb season this year, I think. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see if they pair them together. Um, I think I think daily face off right now. Uh, uh, I'll check, but I think they have the him on the same pairing, which is like fascinating. I think that leaves a little bit lack of depth for the other pairings, like Alec Martinez and Brady McNabb or Nick Holden, like Carl Dahlstrom and Zach Whitecloud. Like, I don't really like any of those guys in the top four roles unless they're playing with a Petrangelo or a Shea Theodore. So I, I do worry a little bit about their defensive depth if... Okay, no, so they have them on separate pairs, which I do like. Mm-hmm. But my real worry for Vegas is their center depth. I mean, they have William yeah. Carlson... Chandler Stevenson, Cody Glass, and then like Thomas Nosek or something like that. Like mm-hmm. that's their center yeah, depth exactly right now. Um, and you know, William Carlson, good, good. He's gonna fit in well with the Marshall So Riley Smith line, uh, great line. But Chandler Stevenson as your first line center, um, with Mark Stone and Pacioretty, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, like I know he performed well last year, and I know he can do you're you're not relying on him to carry that line you're relying on mark stone and patch ready to carry that line carry that line mm-hmm. but that's not exactly a matchup you're looking forward to have and then they're gonna have to rely on glass to kind of take control of that third line with alex tuck and whoever wins on the left wing spot with him yeah uh, so, so i do worry about their center depth but their forward depth overall like you you have a guy like alex tuck who's a top six forward playing on the third line I like that. They all, they obviously have their grinder, uh, super physical um, fourth line with William Carrier and uh, Ryan Reeves. So mm-hmm. I like the team overall. I just don't – I don't see them falling fall further than second in the division, especially with Leonard in that. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nate Schmidt's a loss, but he's not Petrangelo. Like, Nate Schmidt's a second no. line – not second line, second pairing defenseman and a really good one. But Petrangelo is a legit top 10 defenseman yeah. in the NHL. Um, I, I I liked his addition. I just didn't like how they had to get rid of center depth with like uh, Paul Stadsny for him. But um, I still think they're a great regular season team. Yeah. And what you said about center depth is really interesting because that ties into my bold prediction and also why I think that Vegas is going to be a second round out team just because they don't mm-hmm. have that depth at center. And I really didn't like that they traded Stadsny, like you said. But that also allows for Cody Glass to kind of assume more responsibility. And that's my bold prediction is that Cody Glass is going to score around 60 to 70 point pace. And he's just going to, because he looks, he had his moments where he looked good. And I think he's going to be more consistent this year with just how he plays on the offensive end. Yeah. So my bold prediction was uh, Leonard wins, or sorry, not Leonard, uh, Stone wins the, uh, the Selke. Mm. So that's my bold prediction for Vegas. Um, Will it happen? Probably not. Um, but I think he might have a narrative going into the season around him. I don't know. He did decently well last year, but not too well. But I think there's going to be some narrative around like how he, he deserves it or, or deserves to win one. So that's my bold prediction for him or for Vegas. All right. So number three in the West Division would be the St. Louis Blues for both of us. I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do this season. Um, they didn't have the they're, playoffs they wanted. Yeah, they're basically like the same team going into next mm-hmm. season, right? Like they don't – they lose Petro Angelo, which is a huge loss, but then they replace him with Krug. 
But other than that, largely the same team. Hoffman fills in on the wing while Tarasenko goes out for how long? I don't know. But it's largely the same team. Still solid. I think they lose a lot on the back end with Krug versus Petrangelo. You're talking about a top 10 defenseman versus a top, you know, I don't even think Krug was top 20. So maybe, maybe top 30, but I don't, I'm not even sure about that. Because um, mm-hmm. I think he's really just like a guy you shelter at even strength and then release on the power play to dominate. Um, but I think Colin Pareko and Vince Den can step up and Bennington, he'll rebound. He had an awful playoffs, but his regular everyone's writing him off, but his regular season was good, right? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, bold prediction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bold prediction, Mike Hoffman, 40 goals, or 40 goal pace. Yeah, that's a great addition for the Blues, actually. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Um, For me, I didn't really think too much about a bold prediction for this team, but I got to say, like, Robert Thomas is underrated. He actually had a good regular season last year. And I think he's just going to build on that a little bit more. Um, let me check how many points he scored last year. Because he scored a decent amount. Yeah. My other bold prediction, by the way, for St. Louis was Pryco. Yeah. Not that he wins the Norris, but he gets Norris votes. Like, mm-hmm. a good amount. Like, I don't know if that means... That's probably, like, means, like, top 10 or top, you know, 15 or something like that in the Norris voting. So that was my kind of bold prediction with him, I think if there's any time for him to become that t- number one defenseman on St. Louis, it's this season. Yeah. Yeah. So Thomas scored 42 points in 66 games last year, which is pretty good. And I think he's going to raise that to about like a 60, 65 point pace this year. Um, so that St. Louis Blues offense, if, if they get Hoffman going and Thomas, um, that's going to be a good looking offense. Yeah. And it's interesting. I'm looking at daily face off here. They have Robert Thomas as the two C for this season and they have Braden Shen on Ryan O'Reilly's wing so if they continue with that kind of lineup and he has Hoffman and Jaden Schwartz Schwartz beside him you know there's some 60 point pace there there's some offense there Mm -hmm. maybe he gets some power play minutes too yeah Um, okay so then the next one I think this is where we might start to differ I've Minnesota number four okay yeah no I had Arizona there but it was I consider Minnesota but in the end, I went with Arizona. So why'd you go with Arizona? Um, I mean, I think they have a, a solid team. I mean, their offense isn't all that great, but they play a good um, team defense. Uh, and I think that Darcy Kemper uh, is a good goalie. And he's going to continue to um, just like not be elite, but he's going to be a really solid goaltender for them. I think their defense um, is a good mix of like youth and veterans. It's not amazing, but once again, it's solid. This is a solid overall team. Nothing special, but it's good enough to get the fourth spot, I think. And on yeah. offense, um, I'm going to say Clayton Keller has a bounce back season and goes back to like an 80 point pace. Um, 80 point pace, damn. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he's kind of um, going back on track in terms of what we thought his career progression was going to be. Uh, and Dvorak is going to be there as his centerman. Um, and he's going to start racking up some points as well. So that's going to kind of emerge. Okay. That's my prediction. Yeah. So I have, in, interestingly enough, I have Arizona second last in the division. Mm-hmm. So we have some variance there. Yeah. Um, so the reason why I have Arizona back down there is twofold. I think, one, they're going to have to rely on their goaltending substantially, which, you know, if that goes sideways for them at all, 
I have no reason to believe it will, but there's potential for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it does, they're a disaster of a team. That offense is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. There's nothing there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like quite literally. Like they could have no guys hit 50 point pace, and I wouldn't even be surprised. Like that's how bad that offense is. Maybe Clayton Keller goes back to his 50, 60 point pace. But his line mates right now are Derek Brassard and Phil Kessel. Yeah, Which, if you were good. talking about four years ago, I would say nice line mates. <laughs> but <laughs> today, not so much. Um, maybe he goes up to a line with Christian Dvorak, but I don't like Christian Dvorak that much either, to be honest. Mm. I like Connor Garland. I think he's really yeah. good. He's solid. I like Nick Schmaltz. But I don't see any offense on that roster, and I don't see a lot of great defense on that roster either. Um, so I, I just I don't like it, and I think... St. Min and to go back to my fourth team, which is Minnesota, who would make the playoffs, they have rough goaltending for sure. Uh, but Kaprizov coming in, Fiala continuing his season from last year. Um, Nick Benino, who's you know, he's good. I'm I didn't like the Eric Stahl trade at all. That was a if Eric Stahl was still on this Minnesota team, I'd be very sure in my playoff, yeah, uh, pick for them. But because they lost Eric Hall or Eric, not Eric Hall, um, what's his name? Uh, Eric Stahl. Sorry, yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, Eric Stahl. Because they lost Eric Stahl and replaced him with Marcus Johansson, who's a fine player, but he's not nearly as good as one. I have them a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. But you know, they they have some guys that'll perform. Uh, I think Kaprizov and Fiala both have sixty plus point pace potential. Fiala already did that last season. Nick Benino's a solid center, more third-line guy, but he'll be in the second-line position, I assume. Joel Erickson-Eck, this is his moment. This is his time to grab a top six or even a top-line center role, so he's going to have to fight and perform there. And then I really like their top four defense, right? Spurgeon, Suter, Brodine, and Dumbo. That's one of the best top fours in the NHL. So, uh, And the goaltending's rough, I know, but... Maybe Cam Talbot can bounce back, and even if he doesn't, he has a great defensive team in front of him, so he doesn't have to worry too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just love Minnesota's attitude of how like they're never like they're always trying to be competitive, um, and that's something that I think is building a good culture there. And I like their wings of Ka- uh, the addition of Kaprizov um, finally coming over from Russia, and I think that Fiala is just gonna go bonkers this year, um, like at least like a seventy point pace, um, which. Yeah pretty much what he was um, at the last half of this last season. And Kaprizov, I have, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see like how he acclimates to the North American game, but I think it'll be smooth. I'm going to say like 50 points, um, not like actually mm-hmm. 50 points, but 50 point pace in his first season. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. My bold prediction for Minnesota is Spurgeon finishes top five in Norris voting. That's my mm. bold prediction. Won't happen, <laughs> but it's a bold prediction, and I'm yeah. praying it happens for once because he deserves it. He's probably one of the only defensemen in the NHL to not get any Norris buzz, despite performing as a top five, top ten defenseman over the last four years, probably five years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you had Minnesota at four. I had Arizona. And then at five, I had Minnesota. Who do you have at five? Yeah, I have Anaheim at five. Anaheim, Okay. Anaheim's interesting to me because Gibson, if he has a bounce back year, uh, mm. he's he's consistently been an amazing goalie. Uh, and 
then I maybe Zagreus steps in, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, he had a great World Juniors, and I did predict him stepping in before World Juniors anyways, but World Juniors and dominating just cements my idea that maybe he could be the third-line center for them and maybe even work his way up. Like, Getzlav isn't the player he used to be, but Max Jones, Troy Terry, Heinen, Sony Milano, I like the potential for all those guys to become better than what they are and do better. So, yeah. like, I like I like the potential of the guys that they have, and then I like Raquel bouncing back and coming back into the 30-goal pace territory type thing. And then I like the Shattenkirk addition, solid addition there to their top four. Their top four is solid. Josh Manson, Hampus Lindholm, Cam Fowler, Kevin Shattenkirk. I like that top four. Um, Lindholm hasn't been as good as I hoped he would be, but rebound from him, Manson's always been solid. So I, I like the potential of Anaheim to at least be a little bit more competitive this year. If uh, there A lot of things will have to go right for them, but I, I like what they have. Yeah, Anaheim for me was kind of like a question mark because I can see them doing exactly what you're talking about is taking that big step forward as a team. But I can also see like their young guys not like um, performing to what they're expected to. And, you know, I just I question their defense because Gibson's a good goalie, but he's just um, getting way too much um, put on him. And yeah. I just don't know if they're, they have like the personnel on defense to that's like going to be close to a playoff team. Yeah, my bold take for Anaheim was Gibson is the best, deserves the Vesna, but doesn't win it because mm. he's on a bad team. So he's going to dominate, do really well, have you know the best goals saved above what he's expected to save. But obviously voters will look at his save percentage behind a shaky defense and a not good defensively good forward group and say he doesn't deserve it. And he won't have a lot of wins. So that, that's my uh, bold prediction for John Gibson. Yeah, my prediction, my prediction was that um, Sam Steele is going to take a big step forward, scored about a 50-point pace, which is uh, like it. Um, better compared to last season. He's, gonna, he's not going to be like that top six center quite yet, but he, offensively, he's going to take a, a jump. I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, I, I'm a big believer in Sam Steele. I've been yeah. for years. And I've looked a little bit wrong on it so so far, but he's still young, and I still believe in him at least somewhat. Yeah, I'm hoping he does. Um, yeah. Uh, so then my next team after Anaheim was San Jose. So where do you have San Jose? Yeah, I have them at six. So I think that's where you have it too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we both have them same. I just see bounce back for San Jose, and I could see them even potentially sneaking up to where Minnesota is. Mm -hmm. I just because there is their goaltending is so bad. Like yeah. they somehow it's a mir it's a miracle in the sense that somehow they had the worst goaltending in the league last year or some of the worst and then made it worse by bringing in Devin Dubnik. Like I don't know how that's po- how you how you go about doing that. I don't know. But for some reason that's just what they did and I don't just brutal. But I like there's a lot to like about what San Jose has. Like Couture, Timo Meyer, um, yeah. Thomas Hurdle, Ryan Donato, Kevin LeBanc, Evander Kane. Like that's those are all top six guys. I I question their scoring depth. Like Joaquin Blitchfield. Like I don't even know some of these guys. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm I'm reading right now. Yeah. If I don't know them, that worries me a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. And but and then I think 
you could see some bounce back from their defense. Eric Carlson having a better year, Burns having a better year, Mario yeah. Ferraro, you know, continuing to get uh, become like a top six defenseman in the NHL. Vlasic, I don't see turning around, but other than that, I like I like what they have at least in the weak West division. Yeah. Yeah, so San Jose, um, the reason I had them at where they had them and not higher was just because their depth is atrocious. Yeah, um, their bottom six is like probably, I mean, who knows? Like maybe there's they've got some guys that are gonna um, take more responsibility and do better, but just on paper, um, they don't seem that good in the bottom six. And even their defense, um, after Burns and Carlson, it's sketchy. Um, yeah. Mario Ferraro is solid, but but I mean, like Merkley, Ryan Merkley, if he gets minutes, he can't defend. Um, and then goalies, uh, my bold prediction was Dubnik. I don't know, it's just a gut feeling, but I have Dubnik taking that number one goalie spot, and he's not going to be elite, but he's going to be respectable. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, the last time he moved teams, he dominated for a couple of years, so there's yeah. always a possibility it's goalies. Yeah, my bold prediction for uh, San Jose. Eric Carlson back to 70-point pace. Back mm. to, you know, that elite. De- He's not going to be the best defenseman in the league anymore, but back to being, you know, people are going to consider him one of the best again. And yeah. I, that's not just a bold prediction. I genuinely believe he has the potential to actually come back better. So um, that's my belief anyways. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, okay, so that leaves us with two more teams in the West. I think, well, you had Arizona at seven, right? Yeah, so I already explained yeah. Arizona. Um, yeah. Who did you have? So we really only have one more team to talk about, and that's the Kings. Yeah. And I had yeah. them last. Yeah, and I think you did yeah. too. I think, yeah, we both had them last. Uh, yeah. Not much to say, not a lot to like there. <laughs> um, yeah. Didn't get any better. <laughs> Got older somehow still. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. That's all I have to say on it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Kings. I mean, the only, I mean, the only interesting thing about them just the young guys and um, how they're gonna like what type of roles they're gonna get like Byfield and I don't know if Turcotte's going to the NHL this year, but if he does, um, what type of role he's gonna get? Um, yeah, yeah, but it should be a pretty bad team yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a bad team, but they'll they want another top five pick or top four pick, so they'll get what they want, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the next division is the central. central? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, so I this... think we both have Tampa number one. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah, think Tampa that's... number one, even without Kucherov, this is just a, a amazing team. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they've got elite players at every position, literally like they got Vasilevsky in that headman uh, anchoring the defense, like Braden point, uh, even without Kucherov, you got point and Stamkos and, like Sorelli, that's such Andre a strong Pilot, You got yeah. Sorelli. You have Blake Coleman on the third line still with Gord and Goodrow who dominated in the playoffs and mm-hmm. will continue to. I like everything about that team. I don't see any weaknesses. Um, so yeah, best best team by far. I don't even see it being that close. Yeah. I think they'll finish like five, six points ahead of the next team. Yeah. Uh, bold prediction. Um, Sorelli deserves to win the Selke, uh, but doesn't. <laughs> mm. That's the bold prediction. Although I don't know how bold that is because he probably deserved it to win it this year and didn't. So yeah, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Uh, my bold prediction uh, was that they back-to-back as Stanley Cup champions, which I'm not sure is that bold once again, but I just mm. can't really see any team, um, especially if they have Kucherov for the playoffs, 
it's going to be really hard to, especially now that the pressure of winning is kind of, cause like with some teams, especially like you saw it with Pittsburgh um, and even like Washington, even though they didn't win the next season after they won the cup, they ha- they're yeah. playing with so much less pressure and they just looked better, even though they didn't win that year. Cause not always the best team doesn't win. Um, yeah, cup, but, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, so I number two, Carolina, did you have them too? Mm, I had Dallas number two. Oh damn! Okay, that's a yeah. little bit of a hot take, I think. Is it? Because yeah. they have like Sagan out for a while. They have Bishop yeah. out. Those are yeah. some core pieces. I don't know. It is. I don't yeah, know what you're Alice, thinking there. Um, I just think that like even with those people, I actually I wasn't thinking about Sagan when I made that, but still, I'm still gonna stand behind that. Um, because Kudobin's a great goalie. Um, mm. he played really well. Even though Bishop's out, I think Kudobin's good enough that he can hold it down without really. Um, being that much of a dip in how they play and i love their defense uh, i think dallas has a great defense i'm just trying to find their lineup here so i can um, yeah heiskanen and klingberg great both number one defensemen in my opinion yeah uh, they have guys like Garyanov and hints maybe yeah. stepping up and taking a little bit more offensive load which is nice um, yeah i had them fourth so close to second <laughs> i think i think like all, all three teams that make the playoffs behind Tampa will be close. Um, but uh, I just, they don't have that number one center and barely even have that yeah. number two center, really, if mm-hmm. you're looking at what they have. Like, I don't, Sagan used to me, used to be a number one, but just the last couple of years, he just hasn't been that. Yeah. Yeah. I but agree with that. I so I, yeah, exactly. And then Pavelski, I guess, I guess he's the number two for sure. Yeah. Um, we'll see how he ages up and stuff like that, but I think he should be fine. Um, I, I still think they're a solid team. I just worry without Sagan and his 40 goals or 30 goals, what, what they're going to do. Yeah. And that, so. um, that concerns with the offense ties in with my predictions, which is that um, these three young guys, I don't know how old or how young Faxa, Faxa. Yeah. How old mm-hmm. he is any or young he is anymore. But I think that um, Heinz and Gurianov and Fox are all going to take steps forward and assuming like um, more responsibility on the offense because Dallas does need to have more offense regardless of whether Sagan, Sagan's there or not. And I think that's mm-hmm. going to come from those three guys. I think Fox is going to have a chance to play in the number two role with Sagan out and he's going to um, make the most of that. And Gurianov and Heinz, I think, are just going to be more consistent throughout the year. I'm going to okay. say about 50 point yeah. pace for both of them. I like it. Fox out uh, 40, my, but he's going to play good hockey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my bold prediction for Klingberg or for Dallas is that Klingberg takes back the number one defenseman role on Dallas. I know everyone's going to be hyped up on he- Heiskanen going into the season, but I like Klingberg. I think he's the better player still, and I think he reclaims his throne as the, the best defenseman on Dallas and not that Heiskanen isn't a good player in his own right. That's not yeah. what I'm saying, but yeah, that's my bold prediction for them, but I have them fourth. Um, my s- second place team was Carolina. Yeah. Um, I just like everything about the way Carolina is built. Uh, there's a few mm-hmm. weaknesses that they do have. I'm not, you know, maybe some slightly better wing depth would be nice and some uh, maybe more elite offensive talent behind Aho, Sveshnikov and Teravainen, but I like Troshek. I think he's a solid second line center. Jasper Fast played on a, in a top six role in New York. 
I don't see him as a top six player, but he's getting that role again in Carolina. I think he'll be fine. I don't like it, but whatever. Um, Martin Nakis, I think, does well as well. And then yeah. obviously their top four on defense with uh, Slavin, Dougie, Hamilton, Pesci, and uh, whoever takes that fourth role, whether it's Brady Shea, Jake Gardner, I don't know. And then they have Jake Bean waiting in the wings, ready to step in yeah. as well. I really like him. Um, their goaltending, Reimer Mrazek, I think it's okay. I think it's a little underrated. I think they'll be fine. Um, and then Aho and Sveshnikov being Aho and Sveshnikov lighting it up. I, I really like Carolina. My bold prediction for that is Sveshnikov, uh, 50 goal pace as well. So there's going to be a bunch of guys, 50 goal pace this year because of the shortened season, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think Sveshnikov is one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, that's really also similar to my prediction for Sveshnikov. I said he scores around that pace and leads them in scoring and is actually like a top 10 score in the NHL. I love, it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. so who do you have number three then? Yeah, so I had Carolina. I was really oh, okay. toss up between them and Dallas. Honestly, like I probably should have put Carolina second, but it doesn't really matter. They're they're yeah, it doesn't yeah, so, and against I, I had Nashville number three, actually. So I had Nashville mm. a little bit ahead of Dallas. Uh so originally I didn't like what Nashville was doing in the offseason, but then they they did some stuff which I kind of liked. Like I didn't like the Luke Coonan for um, Nick Benino trade. I thought that was a huge loss. But then yeah. they brought in Michael, by, brought Michael Granlin back. They yeah, yeah, um, and who I think he, I think he can do better. They brought in Eric Halla, which I also really liked. He's a good third line center, and he replaces a little bit of what they lost in Nick Benino. The mm-hmm. biggest thing that I think they improved on was their bottom pairing. Uh, yeah. So, and this isn't going to sound like a great bottom pairing, Mark Borowiecki and Matt Benning. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound great and it isn't great, but it's much better than what they had previously. Yeah. And I don't even remember who, who it was that they had on that bottom pairing, but it was just atrocious watching. Like anytime their top four wasn't on the ice, it was just brutal. And Matt Benning, say what you want about him. He's a good third pairing defenseman. He's good. Mark, yeah. Mark Borowiecki. He's a very physical presence, but he can actually still play hockey. Like he, he's he's not great, and he gets takes too many penalties, but he can play. Mm-hmm. He can play. He can make a pass. He he can not completely destroy any progress your top four makes. So I like that. And then they yeah. impre- and Nashville also brought in Nick Cousins, and I like Nick Cousins. I think he's legit top nine forward, and they're probably gonna play him on the fourth line, which means you know better depth in the organization. So I think they yeah. actually improved this offseason a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, so I went really bold with my fourth prediction. Um, mm-hmm. I have Florida there. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah I don't I know. Like that was the um. You know, Nashville's a good team, and it it was. I don't know. I I don't like. I feel uncomfortable putting them like at five out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you it's didn't just... feel uncomfortable, then you wouldn't be saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but with Florida, my bold prediction was that. Bobrovsky um, gets Vesna consideration, has a complete bounce back season. Um, oh, okay. There's All not right. really a reason, a logical reason the for that. Prediction there. Yeah. yeah, but I just, I, you know what? I'm just going to go for it with that prediction just because he's shown in the past that he can rebound from bad seasons. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like, you, you know, know what? Like, he, do, he gonna get does have a history. Season. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I just have such a hard time seeing what Florida is going to do this year so i i have them five behind dallas yeah. so nashville three dallas four florida five mm-hmm. and i don't know i just look at oh by the way my um bold prediction for uh nashville 
is yeah. Ryan Ellis is the best defenseman on the team next season. That was my bold prediction. Uh, but anyways, um, for Florida, like looking at their offense, it just like stresses me out. <laughs> yeah. So like top line, John Huberto, um, Alex Burke, Barkov, that's fine. Yeah. Everything else like stresses me out a bit. Like mm-hmm. their second line is going to be something along with the lines of Wenberg, Vetrano, and Hornquist. Yeah. Hornquist yeah. solid. Vetrano solid. Wenberg, maybe he bounces back, but like, yeah, that's, that's, you know, there's many teams in the league where none of those guys would be on the second line. You yeah. know what I mean? And, um, and it, there's some teams where those guys wouldn't even be on the third line. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm just taking a bet, uh, some bets on a lot of these guys. Like Wenberg, I think he bounces back like 40, 50 point pace. I think it's certainly doable for him. Hornquist, I mean, he's just a solid player, but I think Owen Tippett is going to be interesting to see uh, if he can make that top line with Huberto and Barkov. I think Tippett will be a really, really good piece to play with those two. Just that element of the shot, and he's improved his two-way play just over the years since getting drafted. I think he'll score 20 goals. Um, Not 20-goal pace. I think he'll score 20 goals. Um, And I think... uh, I like Carter Verhage. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I did like that addition. That I know he's only yeah. on the fourth line right now, but I think he has potential to move up into the, even mm-hmm. then to the top six. Like I really like his game. Uh, so yeah, I respect that. Like I, I, yeah. I would never say Florida won't make the playoffs. I just, <laughs> I just have a hard time seeing the likelihood yeah. of it. Just looking, it's just, yeah. it's just like a fee. It honestly isn't even like a logical thing. It's just like a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, like yeah. it's just like I look at the lineup and go, eh, I don't know about <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just one uh, quick thing about their defense um, is that I think they, like you talked about how Nashville improved their bottom pair. I think Florida did that too. Adding Gudis, who's just, I mean, he's not like the most skilled guy, but he's got that physicality, which I think they needed. And uh, Nudivara is, or I don't know how, it's, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. but Nudivara, yeah, I think. Yeah, Nudivara. I think that's a good pickup. And then their top four, honestly, is pretty solid. You got Ekblad, Strawman, Yandel. I mean, he's got that offense. And then Mackenzie Wegar is actually pretty decent. So, I mean, you know, I it's it'll be interesting to see what what this team does. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, and my bold prediction is um, Ekblad top ten defenseman next season in the NHL. That's my bold prediction. Mm-hmm. I like how he's developed, and I think he's got some potential. And I think you know, t- people will at least start to realize how much better he's actually been than the narrative has been just because of Florida. So, um, yeah, that's my yeah. bold prediction. Okay, so now we're on to the bottom three teams in Central. So, um, Columbus, I had sixth. What about you? Yep, I had Columbus there too. Yeah. Um, it, And Columbus is a team I can see going higher because great yeah. coaching, solid team around the Max Domi breaking out, or at least if he's not breaking out, then uh, he's already technically, I guess he's broken out for that 70-point yeah. pace, almost 30-goal season that mm-hmm. he had but uh i i like the team's depth i don't like a lot of the moves they made i don't like how they got rid of ryan murray um but you know they're still solid defense like zach Rensky, seth jones great defensive yeah. pair gavrikov and savard both solid guys and then dean kukin and i don't know who's the sixth guy i don't know him <laughs> but um solid and they're always solid right and yeah atkinson can bounce back dubois does well if he even stays i don't know there's a lot of question marks there so i can see them slipping in and getting into the playoffs as well 
Yeah, I just feel I don't like, you know, I felt uncomfortable putting Nashville out of the playoffs. I also feel uncomfortable betting against Columbus just because they've proved so many people yeah. so, so wrong. Um, yeah, they always prove everyone again. wrong. So it's hard. It's so hard to bet against them. Yeah. Which is why, like, but then I'm looking at the other teams and I'm like, am I going to kick Dallas out of the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, after they made the cup final, like, what, what are the odds that they missed the playoffs mm-hmm. after your cup final appearance? And, and then I can't kick out Nashville. I like what they did this offseason mm-hmm. overall. And then Carolina and Tampa are Carolina and Tampa. They're not missing the playoffs. So yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. And there's, there's two really interesting things about Columbus. One is the Pierre Luc Dubois situation. Just with him, you know, requesting a trade and just going to see what happens. I think he ends up staying um, just because he has that opportunity to really be the man in Columbus. And I'm not sure if he's going to get that opportunity anywhere else. Yeah, in Columbus, never have, he won't have that opportunity yeah. almost anywhere else for sure. Yeah. And the other thing is going to be that Elvis uh, Corpusalo goaltending um, tandem because they're both, I, th- I think they're both really good goaltenders. So it's going to be really. Um, intriguing to see which one gets more games. So, so when I was like preparing for this, I mm. originally was do my bold take was Dubois gets traded, but then yeah. today that new report was released or last night it was whatever that he wants to leave. Yeah, so I was just like, oh, okay, then um, <laughs> I don't know. What, so I don't have a bold prediction anymore. But mm-hmm. my I guess if I'm looking at it, bold prediction: Cam Atkinson, thirty-five goal to forty goal pace again beside Max yeah. Domi. That's kind of, if I'm looking at it, I'm like, that's a bold prediction I'd like to make. Yeah, so I have uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand breaking out and scoring at a 60-point pace. Okay, yeah. I just I like think it. he's, yeah, he's really talented offensively. So seven, I had Chicago. I'm assuming you did as well. Yeah, Chicago and Detroit, yeah. seven and eight, right? Like, yeah. I don't even know. There's not much to say about them. Chicago's no. a disaster. Lots, lost Taves. Awful defense. Awful goaltending. Honestly, I could even see them potentially finishing below Detroit with that lineup right now. That's how bad yeah. they are. Yeah, they're not. They're not that great. And then especially Detroit's their goalies, Detroit. man. Like mm-hmm. Chicago's goalies, they're like it could be. It could be like interesting to see a guy who breaks out, or it just could be like awful. Yeah, it could just be like five goals a night, four goals a night, just because they can't save anything. Um, yeah. And but my bold prediction for them was to bring it forty goal pace again. Don't know how bold that is, but yeah. Uh, that was my prediction for them. Um, and then my prediction for Detroit was Larkin also 40-goal um, pace. I think if he plays with Bertuzzi and Manthal season and they get a little bit more help, uh, I think 40 goals is fairly possible for Larkin. Yeah. So for Chicago, I had, like, you, Debrinkat bouncing back into his regular 40-goal pace. Well, not regular, but what it was before. And Detroit, I have um, Moritz Cedar. Yeah. Yeah, I have um, Cedar uh, making uh, establishing himself in the NHL and scoring at about a thirty-point pace. I think he's just okay. gonna he's gonna get lots of opportunity in Detroit, and I think he's um, pretty good. So he's gonna take yeah. advantage of that. I like it. I like that. All right. Prediction. Last division. Uh, Last East, division. So. This is probably the most competitive one, right? Oh yeah, by far. I think we're gonna have um, a lot of. I think we're gonna have quite different rankings here because I went like over the top boldness with this okay i like it I like uh it. so number one i have the washington capitals oh wow okay. yeah and I, um, the, i'm gonna i'm gonna explain why i think right, no, that, just for context i had them yeah. four so that's four. that's a wide difference yeah yeah but I, explain. I like to see it yeah so i just think 
this team just uh, they've already won a cup, but they seem really hungry. And they have um, new coach Laviolette, who's like notorious for his teams just having great um, first seasons under him. I think that's going to continue with the Capitals. Um, I just like the, I like the offense they have. Um, I think like you know you got Connor McMichael who might get some minutes this year. Uh, Daniel Sprong, I think he's finally ready to contribute a tiny bit in the bottom six. But overall, like their core remains intact. You got Kuznetsov, who's really assuming that number one center role and who might become who might become the top guy in Washington this season. That might be my bold prediction: is that Kuznetsov mm. becomes the the guy on offense. Um, and on the back end, I like the addition of Justin Schultz. I do, and Trevor Van Niemsdyk, just as depth. Um, they have some good young guys too, like Jonas Siegenthaler is really good. Um, and Ilya Samsonov, I love in that. I love it. And uh, don't I forget think... Chara. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about him too. Yeah, Chara, <laughs> I can't forget Chara. But I think Samsonov is going to get top three Vezina votes. I think he's just going to go bananas. Yeah. You know what? Like, you actually kind of convinced me there <laughs> talking <laughs> about it. Like, I still have him fourth. I don't think I changed yeah. him on that much, but like, yeah. I can see the potential to go off. Like, Samsonov, yeah. if he can really step up and perform mm-hmm. well. That would yeah. be something. And then I didn't like the Justin Schultz acquisition, especially yeah. at the price. Yeah. I liked Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Van Riemsdyk at the price. I think he's a really solid third pairing defenseman. I like him. Yeah. Um, but like my bold prediction for Washington was kind of that they start to fall off and show their age. <laughs> like that was my, it wasn't a player thing. It was just a yeah. look at this. Ovechkin, Backstrom, even Kuznetsov's like 28 now. So he could, mm. you know, he's aging up a little bit too. Yeah. Um, John Carlson aging up a little yeah. bit. Justin Schultz showing his age. They have quite a few guys. TJ Oshie showing his age. He's he's in his early 30s too. Um, yeah. So that, that was kind of my thing. I'm just like Washington starts to show their age a little bit. Chara, <laughs> if Chara even makes a lineup, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. if he does, like, he starts to show his age a little bit, too, and shows why Boston kind of passed up on him a little yeah. bit. So, yeah, that was my kind of prediction for Washington. But yeah, I do I see, see the, coming from. I do see the oh, upside of, like, if they yeah. don't fall off and they continue to be good, like, there's higher upside than fourth place in their division. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, like you said, I like Connor McMichael. I think he could potentially have an impact this season. Um, I like the Connor Sherry addition. I thought that was a mm-hmm. bargain like a basement basement price for Connor Sherry. I think he can make two million more a year and still be underpaid. Um, yeah. So that's my that's my opinion on him. So I like I like that move. Um, but for number one, I had Boston. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think Boston needs an explanation. It's Boston. No. They lost a lot of defensemen, but um, not a lot of the defensemen. They lost Krug and Char, mm-hmm. I guess. But McAvoy is ready to step up, and I think they'll go hunting for another defenseman in the season when they realize yeah. they're going to have some issues back there, but their goaltending still lead their forward group still amazing. You know, if you have a guy like Charlie Quill and Craig Smith and Anders Bjork on the third line, mm-hmm. that's good scoring depth, right? Like yeah. that's amazing. And then when Pasternak's back, that team's just going to light it up. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's basically all I have to say. And yeah. then my hot take, I guess for, my bold prediction for Boston was that they still come first in their division, despite um, that defense looking kind of rough. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, their bottom four is Connor Clifton, Euro Vakinainen, Vakinainen. I don't even know. I don't know how to even say his name. I've seen him play yeah. a couple times, but 
uh, not a lot there. And then they have Jeremy Lozon, Lazon, Lazon yeah, on yeah. the top pairing with Charlie McAvoy, which is terrifying. Um, so yeah, I yeah. think they'll add another defenseman sometime in the season. Yeah. Uh, so for Boston, I had them three, but I also have them going to the third round of the playoffs. Um, okay, yeah. Or like deep in the playoffs. I'm not. I'm not sure if third could actually work because I haven't gone over the seedings and all that stuff. Um, because if I have Tampa winning the cup, then I'm not sure if that will work. But I have them being a team that's going to go far in the playoffs. But I think just because mm-hmm. for health reasons, I'm not sure if this team's at 100% health. He got Marchand, who's just coming off an injury, probably hasn't a lot of time to train this off season. I don't think he's going to be 100% till the second half of the season. Pasternak's injured right now, um, and just the, like we talked, you talked a little bit about the issues in in terms of depth on defense and offense. But I think that as the season goes on, they're just going to get back to where they were last season. And by playoffs time, they're going to be a really dangerous team, but just in the regular season, I think they're going to be a little bit slow at the gate. And that's why I have them at number three. All right. Yeah. Um, so at two, I had Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I like what, despite Jim Rutherford's best intentions to screw up Pittsburgh <laughs> to an unending degree. Um, I like what they have. I like Jason's. I like their top six. I like Crosby. I like Gensel. I like yeah. Malkin. I like Russ. I like Zucker. Um, I don't know if Captain sticks in the top six, but if yeah. he's in the top six, fine by me. Um, I like their depth with guys like um, like Jared McCann and Teddy Bluger, Brandon Tanev. I like. Um, so it's just very solid team. John Marino. I like their top four with Chris Letang, Dumoulin, Pedersen, Marino. Mm-hmm. That bottom pairing of Mathis and Cece stresses me significantly. Um, <laughs> I would that's going to be both fun and terrifying to watch, depending on yeah. your perspective, yeah. um, if you're a fan or not. But that should be fun. Um, <laughs> but again, if they stick to them to playing 15 minutes a night the damage will be at least somewhat limited and they're definitely not as bad as Jack Johnson. So they have that going for them. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's basically, that's basically my opinion. And Zach Ashton Reese, right? Like I think he's out injured right now, but he'll be back and he'll be, he'll make that third line or fourth line, whatever line he's playing on even better defensively. I like everything about Pittsburgh basically. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on Pittsburgh, I share your enthusiasm a little bit less um, than having them at second. I have them at fourth, so still in the playoffs. Okay. Uh, but I could easily see them being at second um, just because of a lot of things you said. I like uh, some of the moves they made this offseason. Kapanen, I think, was a good move. I think he's going to score, I'm going to say, like between 50 and 60 point pace, which is solid. Uh, Brian Rust, I think, is underrated. He was like going, he, um, I don't know how many games he played last season. I think he, was, he got injured after, like, I think, like. 20 30 games um but he played really well in those games he did he's just scoring a point per game pace actually yeah Russ um, was had an amazing year last year he was yeah. injured for a bit though from what i remember yeah and mark jankowski i like that signing at the third line center not necessarily because because he's not the most offensive center but i think he plays he has an element of just his size um that pittsburgh kind of needed yeah and i think he goes this, back to the fourth line by the by the end of the year, I think they yeah. end up realizing they have better options there. But yeah, yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna add something there. I don't. Yeah, he can. He might actually be better on the fourth line. 
And but Zucker, uh, I think he's gonna have more time. He's had more time to settle in with Pittsburgh now, and I think he's gonna score once again in the fifty to sixty point range. Just give them more options on offense. Yeah. So my um, bold tick for Pittsburgh was Zucker scores out of forty goal pace this year. Mm, I can so see I think that. he's point. I think he's. I legitimately think he's point per game, forty goal pace. So yeah. whatever that's thirty goals in fifty six games, give or take. Um, and when and when you're playing with Crosby and Malkin, like twenty five, like, that's not out of the picture at all. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, he's probably going to be with Malkin, I assume. I think they'll keep Gensel and Crosby together. But even if – it doesn't matter who he plays with in that top six. He's got an elite offensive center with him, right? Mm. So I I really like his potential with the full, full year with the Penguins. And he's kind of one of the uh, fantasy sleepers that I had. So for anyone listening, you get early access to that, I guess. Um, um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, w- one last thought on Pittsburgh for me. Sorry, uh, yeah. is Tristan Jerry at the goalie? I think that I think they should have started him in the playoffs, but I get why they did it out of respect to Matt Murray. But Jerry is the better goalie all season, uh, and I think he's gonna gonna be the he's he's gonna be the surefire number one goalie all season. He's gonna be above average, I believe. Yeah, I like their like duo of DeSmith and Jari. Like they mm-hmm. both have been good. Like DeSmith, every time he's come to the NHL has put up a nine twenty save percentage basically. Like he's yeah. always been consistently good. So I like that duo. We'll see if, you know, he didn't even play any NHL games last year, I believe, or maybe like one or two. So mm-hmm. we'll see if he performs after not playing as much. But I think there's a lot of potential there. So I like their yeah. goaltending duo. But at three I had Philly. Um Philly. Yeah, I'm kind of scared to say where I have Philly. <laughs> you do? I guess you have Philly out of the playoffs, eh? I do. Yeah. I have them at six. Oh, yeah, you're gonna get roasted. I know. Okay. I know. I'm scared. Uh, I have the Islanders at two. Um, so then I got Capitals, Islanders, Bruins, Penguins. That's my top four. Oh damn! So why? So why the? So why Philly so low? Let's start there because I think that's important. Yeah, I mean. Like I, they're really like a swing or a miss. Like I could easily, just as easily, see them being number one. This is just such a competitive division. Like it's a boomer bust. Like I could see them taking the next step or also taking a step back. But I'm gonna go with them taking a step back, just because I don't trust. They're I don't trust Carhart completely yet. He had a good season, but he's young, and with mm-hmm. goalies, you just can never be sure. And the defense, like once again, they're a good last season, but I don't like that Niskanen retired. Um, yeah, and replacing him with Gustafson wasn't like the best move. He has offense, but he's not great at defense. And the young yeah, guys, the Gustafson like, move was super questionable because, yeah, do, do they not know their own coach? Like, their coach is <laughs> gonna hate him. <laughs> Vigno is like notorious for hating guys like him. In fact, yeah. he hates the guys like him so much that their current guy who is him in Shane Ghost's bear doesn't even get to play for them half the time. Yeah. And then they went yeah. and brought in a replace the the exactly. same player almost. Yeah. And it's just I don't I didn't understand that at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't like yeah. that. Yeah, and their defense, like they're good players, but they're all young. And I just really don't trust all of them completely. And in such a competitive division. Uh, when you have those experienced teams like Boston and Pittsburgh and Washington, so there's one team that's going to have to disappoint. And I just picked Philadelphia, but it's more random than it was me just like looking over the roster. Um, but um, one thing that was interesting was they put Samuel Moran at Ford, which was... Um, yeah, I did, I, did see, yeah. I did see that. 
I don't know yeah. what the hell that is. But, he's like a I mean, six foot seven defenseman, and they moved him to the left wing. Um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't play defense very well, so yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> someone's yeah, someone said that like you know like those tired wired memes where it's like tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So someone said <laughs> tired put Shane Gostisbehere at forward, wired put Samuel Morin at forward, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, um, yeah. So what I guess your bold prediction for Philly is that they come in sixth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty much. Okay, that, so yeah. my bold prediction for them was uh, Provorov sixty point pace. Mm. Um, he, he's been you know a forty point guy for the last couple of years, but he this is the year he gets um, power play time. This is the year because Ghost Spared may not even be in the lineup. I don't know if they put Gustafson in there, but Provorov has experience with those guys. If yeah. he's on that top unit, 60 points right there with Sean Couturier, Voracek, Jabu, Van Riemsdyk. I, I like 60-point pace out yeah. of him. And then I believe in Carter Hart. He's given me no reason to not believe in him at this true, point. True. And they, yeah. they brought Brian Elliott back, who's also been you know pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, Konechny is scoring depth. They have Morgan Frost, yeah. who I really like. They can get a step forward. Joel Farabee, who I also like. There's some guys. And then Lindblom, and Lindblom too. Mm, Oscar yeah. Lindblom, he's back. Yeah. Had a cancer awesome. scare. Back healthy. And I like his game a lot. Um, and my other bold prediction was Lindblom, 60-point uh, pace. So, oh, that, uh, that would be terrific just to things. see him come back. And oh, that would be that, a story. Yeah, that would be yeah. something if he did, and yeah. and it's probably more hope than realism. <laughs> yeah, it's more like oh, I hope that happens because it would be a feel good story. Yeah, but, um, feel good story is the fact that he's even back. Mm-hmm. So where did you have the Islanders at then? Uh, I <laughs> I have them missing the playoffs. I have them fifth, mm. um, and I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that, and I know I will. But I'm just look. They don't even have Barzell yet. Like, what are they yeah. doing? And then they. <laughs> Like, is he signed by the time the season starts? I don't even know. If he was signed by the time the season starts, I'd be a little bit more confident in them. But as of right now, he's not signed. Yeah. They lost a very good top four defenseman in Devin Taves, and I don't think they understand how much they're going to miss him. Like, I think Islanders fans have, like, convinced themselves somehow (laughs) that he wasn't good for them because he didn't have the greatest playoffs. But that guy was one of the few offensive weapons that they had. Yeah. Devin Taves, especially on the defensive end, you have Pollock. But after him, you don't have any offense. There's no mm. offense on their blue line. Adam Pollock, very good defensively, no offense. Nick Letty, not much of anything, really, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Scott Mayfield, defensive, but no offense. Thomas Hickey, defensive, but no offense. And then Noah Dobson, he's he's fine, but he's not gonna be he's not gonna yeah. replace Devin Taves. So no offense on the back end. They're really gonna miss that. I feel yeah. more than they really realize. Like they don't realize how many breakouts, how many rush chances he helps generate each time and how much he jumps up in the rush for them and helps, you know, create those scoring chances. So I think they're going to miss that. Um, Anders Lee, Josh Bailey, another year older. And yeah. Casey Zizekas, uh, or no, sorry, Kyle Clutterbuck. Casey Zizekas, you know, they're solid fourth line guys, but I don't know. Pajot has a step, takes a step back. Um, just solely because he had an insane season last year and we'll never repeat that. I just don't like, I can see them coming in fourth. Like I don't have a problem with them. I have them at fifth, right? So it's not like I have them bottom of the division. Yeah, so they yeah, can sneak yeah. into the playoffs. And the only reason I even have them fifth is because they have Trotz as a coach and Trotz just doesn't miss the playoffs. Yeah. So I, and it's, that, it's, yeah. A, it's hard, but 
and I see the say I think they could make it. I'm just like looking at them like I don't know what you guys are doing. I don't like what Lou Lamorello is doing. You didn't really improve this offseason. You got worse. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I don't I Islanders are an interesting team. I just I I got to tr- I trust like you know, I don't trust some things and I trust some things and I trust Trotz and Lamorello just like they lost to Vars and they got better. Uh and like yeah. Last year, everyone said, you know, like they might miss the playoffs. They they got better even again. And I just love the way, like they're a, their team built for the playoffs. They just got to make didn't, it there. Didn't they almost miss the playoffs last season though? Was yeah, like yeah. They, yeah, but I, I'm not sure. Putting them at second was probably in hindsight, not a very good prediction, especially if uh, Barzell. I mean, they, they could. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If Barzell um, doesn't start the season with them, they're toast probably because he – it's such like a play driver and creates so much offense. And if he's not there, like got Brock Nelson, number one with Anders Lee and Eberle. I don't know. Yeah. Like the yeah. Islanders, it, they only played 68 games, but they were right there with the hurricanes. Like the hurricanes were one point more than them in the same amount of games. Yeah. So they might've missed the playoffs last season. Like they were, it was very close for them. Yeah. That was like a last Oh, I guess. Oh, yeah, I'm forgetting about um, wild card. So they would have been a wild card team last season uh, without the plans. So, and then they have a really good playoffs. No doubt in that. I'm just like, I'm skeptical to say. Yeah, and that's completely understandable. Uh, yeah, not much to. Oh, uh, one more thing to say about them is Dobson. Um, oh crap! What the heck? Huh. Siri just coming out of nowhere. Uh, but Dobson, the fact that he's going to get more minutes is good. I think he's ready for the NHL. And he's going to ascend gradually into the top four, maybe even top pairing. Yeah. Yeah, I like Dobson. I'm just not sure. I've never seen a lot of upside. I've always more more or less seen, like, solid, you know, solid, yeah. probably good bottom pairing, maybe a number four guy. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, li- I, li- I like him for sure. And I think Trotz will help develop him well and everything. Um, yeah. But num- after – so I – so, say name off your top five again, just so just for clarity. Okay, so I got Capitals one, Islanders two, Bruins three, Pittsburgh four, and then five I got Buffalo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So should okay. we talk about that's Buffalo a little bit then? Of a hot take too, then? Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's talk about Buffalo because I have them last. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can. This division is so competitive. I can completely understand them being. I can understand like pretty much any team being anywhere at this point, um, in this division. Other than the Bruins being out of the playoffs, that I can't understand. But the Buffalo Sabres, I really like the moves they made, uh, especially Eric Stahl. Um, that was a great move. I think because the Sabres have always struggled with center depth. Like they had Middlestat playing second center at one point, which is brutal. Yeah. Um, but n- now, like, you know, you Co- Dylan Cousins is great and he's going to hopefully get like a role, um, third line center. I think he's going to fit in there really nicely. Then you got Stahl at number two, Eichel at number one. That's a huge upgrade compared to last season, where you just had Eichel carrying that whole middle by themselves. Now you got Stahl and Cousins there. Like I think that's um, underrated in terms of how they're gonna help the team. Then like Taylor Hall number one with Eichel and Sam Reinhardt. I think that's gonna be a really good line. I just think that like people are find are trying are finding ways to question the Hall Eichel type thing, but I mean like they're two great players. Yeah. I just think that they're going to be excellent. But then again, you had Hall play with McDavid, and I, th- I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And Skinner, I think he's going to bounce back. Not, like, all the way back, 
where he was scoring at a 50 goal pace, but I think he's going to be like 35 goal pace, like solid, not worth his contract. Yeah. So I completely agree with basically everything you said, which is interesting because I still had them last, even (laughs) agreeing with all that. And that's because I'm looking at that bottom six. Yeah. Let me read off their forwards in their bottom six because this yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. Cody Eakin, Curtis Lazar, Tobias Ryder, Tage Thompson, Kyle Ocpozo, and Zegmus, Zemgis Gergensen. That's yeah. their bottom six right now. Yeah. Which means even if that top line will do great, outscore, let's say, let's be optimistic, 60% of the goals when they're on the ice. Let's say Eric Stahl, Jeff Skinner, Sam Reinhardt, 52, 53%. Solid yeah. second line, not great, but solid. Those bottom two lines are going to get outscored like crazy. Like I could mm-hmm. see one of those lines scoring, getting outscored by like seven, like seven, 70, 30 <laughs> potentially. <laughs> like that's a really, that's one of the worst, but probably the worst bottom six in the NHL. Um, and then their defense isn't that great either. Like their top pairing. Rasmus, or um, I, I think it's going to be Jake, Mc, Jake McCabe, Rasmus, Ristolainen. But you, maybe you argue Rasmus, oh, Darlene, Darlene. Brandon, oh, yeah. Dal, maybe Darlene, whatever. Yeah. But right now, uh, not cap friendly, uh, daily faceoff has Darlene on the second pair. But regardless, that's not a good defense situation. I like Yoki Haru. I like all yeah. of their guys like a little bit, mm-hmm. I but can, not I, a I lot. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I yeah. like Dal. Uh, other than Darlene, excuse Darlene. Darlene I like a lot, but yeah. everyone else I like like a little bit. And yeah. you need more than a little bit for your top four guys. Jake McCabe yeah. I like a little bit, solid, ish. Montour he's okay, but he really hasn't turned out much like I thought he would. Yoki Haru I like a lot, but still not there yet. Colin mm-hmm. Miller I like, but just <laughs> not yeah. there. Like if all those guys were on the bottom pairing, I'd be like great. And if you had like one of those guys in your top four, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But you have all those guys in your top mm. four, basically, or playing similar minutes, and that's tr- troubling to me. So yeah. that, along with just disaster, bottom six, I'm like that. That that's a recipe to get annihilated. And then you have like a potential, you know, Omar and Net, who you know doesn't have a ton of experience that could falter and just get lit up consistently. Even though he, I do think he's talented. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have too much more to say about the Sabres other than that my bold prediction is that Rasmus Dalin is going to score at like a 65, maybe even 70-point pace. I, I think he's just going to – yeah, I think he's going to go crazy this year. Yeah, I have him at a 70-point pace too. I just have – this year I can just feel that there might be an increase in scoring because mm-hmm. not as much prep time, defensive structures. I can see, you know – younger guys taking over and doing better over a shorter period of time, more hot streaks taking over, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think if even if there isn't an increase in scoring, there's going to be a bunch of guys that do, which is why I, I have like Rasmus Dahlin at a 70-point pace and stuff like that. Um, you can look at previous examples like Chabot, um, not last season, but the season before. He was almost point per game up until Mark Stone left, and then he went yeah. creating back down to 40 points. So if you cut him off at like a 50-game mark, he was point per game, right? So there's potential for guys like Rasmus Dahlin to do that, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But then behind – or so 
I, you have Buffalo number five. I yeah. have the Islanders number five. Yeah. So we talked about them already. Uh, mm-hmm. I have number six with the Rangers. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the Rangers, I like the Rangers, but it's hard for me to put them ahead of, I can put them ahead of Buffalo, but that's about it really for me. I could put them ahead of. And I Devils, just see them obviously. at the same level yeah. of yeah. I just see them right there with the Devils and Buffalo. Um, yeah. I again, it's a it's a thing of top six versus bottom six. I like mm-hmm. their top six for the most part. I like Kreider. I like Zibanejad. I like Bushnevich. I think Bushnevich could have a big year this year. Yeah. But I also see regression for Zibanejad and Panarin to an extent because they yeah. you know they just had phenomenal years last year and they probably won't repeat that. Um, I don't like Ryan Strom as your second line center. I'm not sure on Kako being a second line winger yet yeah. after having possibly one of the worst seasons in NHL history. <laughs> uh, I like Lafreniere, but I don't think he leads a line by himself this year. Yeah. Uh, and then their bottom six, like Brendan Mew, I don't like too much. Morgan Barron, Kevin Rooney, Julian Gauthier, like eh, not, not a lot there. And then their defense, they're going to have – Jack Johnson and Brandon Smith potentially in the lineup. And that's disgusting to think about. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they'll have Ryan Lindgren, who for some reason Rangers fans like, but I've never seen anything that I like from him. He's not good yeah. defensively. There's no offense there. I think he just played with Adam Fox and Adam Fox made him look amazing <laughs> um, because he didn't have to do as much. And he always had an easy outlet lit pass because Fox was being guarded heavily. And I think that, you know, Fox took control of that pairing for the most part and was responsible for everything good that happened on the ice when they were on, when they were together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jacob Truba getting paid too much money, but he should rebound a little bit too. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's yeah, definitely a just, lot to like. like. Yeah, there's a lot to like, but there's also a lot not to like. Essentially. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I, yeah. I, that's my thinking. So they could surprise because the, a lot, the stuff that you don't like a lot, is less bad than you think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the upside for the Rangers goes. Okay. They won't be six. They're seven, three, whatever in the division, they can move up a little bit just because of, you know, Panarin has another amazing season. D'Angelo and Fox get even better. Or whatever. You know, Lafreniere is better than what you, what we think he'll be and stuff like that. Right. So th- there's always that potential. Yeah. Yeah, the Rangers, like like we said, there's a lot to like, and there's also like a lot of question marks all over this team. But I think um, Igor uh, Shesterkin is going to be a terrific in net. Uh, he already showed through like 10 games last season that he has what it takes. Yeah. Um, that's a small sample size, but he's obviously quite talented. And um, I mean, like, yeah, we just have to see with Panarin and Zibanejad and that top line like- with Bucinovich. Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, that Jack Johnson thing especially. <laughs> like, take this in. When Jack Johnson was on the ice with Sidney Crosby, Pittsburgh was outscored. Like, that's how much of a net yeah. negative he was on the ice. Like, how do you get outscored while playing with Sidney Crosby? Out chance and outscored with Jack Johnson on the ice. So yeah, if, he's on the, nice. if he's on that bottom pairing playing regular minutes and he's with Panarin and with uh, Zibanejad and stuff, like, if he brings down Crosby, he's bringing down other guys too. So that it just that stresses me out. And the Rangers need to rely on their top guys to be top guys. So uh, yeah, that's troubling to say the least for me. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so then after the Rangers, I had the Devils, which I think. And you have them last. I have them second last above Buffalo. 
above Buffalo. So you have okay. them last, right? Yeah. Yeah. So why do you have them last? I mean, uh, they're not a terrible team, but I just don't think they're a better team than anyone, than those other seven teams. But it's close. Like Once again, I wouldn't be surprised if they jump up a spot or two, but there's still a lot of holes in this team. Um, let me just find their uh, roster one sec. All right, New Jersey. Yeah, so Jack Hughes is going to be interesting to see what he does because he didn't have the greatest season. Uh, pretty disappointing, but I think he's going to be better this year. Just how much better is the question. Um, Andreas Johnson was a great addition from Toronto. I really like that. I think he's going to score like a 50-55-point pace, but I don't really like the bottom six in New Jersey. They have potential there, but at the moment it's not that great. Um, yeah, actually, the bottom six is still a weakness for them. For yeah, sure. and their defense, um, their defense is good, potentially offensive. Like I don't even, I don't think their defense is that great. Like Damon Severson, number one, I don't think he's the number one defenseman. PK Subban had an awful season. I think he can be better, but I don't think he's gonna be that much better. Ryan Murray's good. I think he could. He's going to get opportunity there. I think he could play a lot better. But Will Butcher is a liability defensively. Ty Smith, uh, he's going to be good, but I don't think he's going to make much of an impact. It's just like a, a meh defense, really. I just like you're going to look at all the attack yeah. on all these other There's, teams. Like they're not going to be able to defend. I think the issue that. with them is like similar to the Rangers. Their depth is like meh to bad. Yeah. Yeah. But they but the problem is they don't have the elite talent that the Rangers also have. Like yeah. Hishia and Hugo and Hughes are gonna be great players, mm-hmm. but they aren't there yet. Palmieri and Johnson are great, and that's kind of, and those guys are similar to if you want to compare them to like Kreider and Bucinevich. So great, you know, some solid wingers to go along, but they don't have the elite center or the super elite winger Panarin and Zabanishad, right? Mm-hmm. So um I just question. I don't think their top six is going to be good enough to outweigh the bottom six being that bad. Um, but again, I like their bottom six a lot better than I like Buffalo's bottom six. Yeah. So, uh, and then I like their defense a little bit more than I like Buffalo as well. And then I like Blackwood and Crawford a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that. That goaltending duo is phenomenal. That's a playoff goaltending duo. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, that's yeah. potentially top ten uh, goaltending duo, but with a really bad team in front of them so i can see yeah. new jersey i don't see a playoff spot in that good of a division but i can see yeah. them i don't see them as a last place team basically just because if even if one of their go- what are the odds that both their goalies don't perform at elite level when both of them are elite right so yeah that's kind of my thinking going in yeah and you know we talked about goaltending being like such an important factor and when you have two goalies like that like you never really know like if they catch one of them catches fire, this team could be a lot better than people think. And and uh, both of them were on fire last season, so only one of them needs to be great, right? Like that's yeah. that's the bonus of new their goaltending situation right now. Like Crawford's yeah. Crawford's legit, legit, and Blackwood he's not legit, legit yet, but he was legit last season. So yeah, yeah. And this is almost a perfect time to wrap things up because we have the World Junior Finals starting any minute now. Uh, oh, Canada God. USA. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait I to watch that. Forgot, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I almost forgot. I've been like, I've literally been working since eight this morning. I'm so tired. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow. So before we uh, wrap it up, just want to hear who do you think's gonna win this game? 
Uh, I have. Oh, this is gonna come out after the game's over, though. But I, oh, I have Kanda right. winning. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I have Kanda winning. Um, I just Kanda's the better team right now. Like just looking at that team, they're better. It, yeah. and I don't even think it's super close. But if there's any team to upset Canada and take the W, it's, it's the USA. USA. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, and it's hockey. The better team doesn't always win. Um, yeah. I, the odds are probably like 60 40 for canada or something like that yeah um, probably so i, I have canada winning they just they're they're just so much better they're just so much better built i like the way they've been playing in the last couple games fast like really great on the four check finding yeah. the right passing lanes great in transition finishing well They've just basically been doing everything right. Drysdale and Byram, oh my God. Anaheim <laughs> and Colorado are going to love those two. Um, yeah, for like real. I, I already really liked them before, and you, I don't get that. I don't get to watch prospects much. I cover the NHL largely. But Byram yeah. and Drysdale are legit, legit top-pairing potential guys. Um, Byram might be buried in the elite defense core that is uh, Colorado, but... He, he's talented enough to get an opportunity there. And Drysdale, he's incredible. And um, just his footwork and his skating ability is just top-notch. And uh, I just see Canada dominating. Those guys are both going to play big minutes as well. So uh, they'll, they'll dominate, I think. And I think it, I think Canada will win comfortably. I see like a 2-3-0 victory. So not like comfortable-comfortable, but, you know, like steadily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got Canada winning too, pretty much um, same as you on everything. So thank you so much for coming on. That was uh, a lot of fun, actually, talking about all these teams. Yeah, yeah it was a good time. I, I liked uh, – I you finally made me go and make my standing predictions, which I've been, like, <laughs> procrastinating on for the last month, basically. So thank yeah. you for that. All right, well, that was great. Um, I won't keep you for much longer, so – all right. Thank you so much. Uh, take care, man. Have a great night and uh, have fun watching the game. All right. That wraps up the first episode of season two of the Nuts About Pucks podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed and make sure to stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. We have some really great guests lined up and I'm excited for you guys to hear what we have upcoming. And in the meantime, make sure to follow at Hockey News IG on Instagram for all the hockey content you need. All right, everyone. Peace.